This recording is from Fintech Nexus USA, formerly known as London Fintech USA, held at the Javits Center in New York City on May 25th to 26th, 2022. It's from the track Data, Fraud, and the Future of Identity, sponsored by Prove and is titled Working Together to Win Together, Creating a Culture of Collaboration. Speaking on this session are Lisa Henderson from Epsilon Data Management LLC, Jenna Cohen from JP Morgan, with moderator Len Covello from Engage People. Thanks everyone for coming. We've got a, a really good panel here. We had a conversation yesterday and uh, had the opportunity to, to hear the two ladies speak about this topic and it, it was uh, very enlightening. So you definitely got a, a lot of good information to add. Uh, again, Len Covello from Engage People. Um, I'm pinch hitting, so I'm gonna be reading off some notes, but without further ado, um, we'll start with Jenna Cohen, if you would introduce yourself. Great, hi. Hopefully this is the smallest session that you all will be in. And as a result, we can have a more intimate conversation and address whatever topics are of most interest to you. Um, as Len said, my name is Jenna Cohen and I oversee HR for JP Morgan's US private bank. Um, I've worked my entire career in the banking industry. I started at M&T Bank, from there went to Goldman Sachs and from there to JP Morgan. So I've gone um, from small to big to really big, um, and I, I think I found my forever home, at least I hope so. Um, pretty risk-averse person and don't love change, so found my way into HR to help other people navigate those tough things. Lisa? Thank you, Jenna. So Lisa Henderson, I head up our client relation, or have I with my team have responsibility for our client relationships at Epsilon. And I'm delighted to be here with Jenna. JP Morgan and Epsilon have been partners for 15 years. We provide some technology solutions that help with digital messaging strategies and solutions for JP Morgan. So delighted to be here. Um, and we do have a very intimate group. So if you have any questions or particular topics as we get going, just raise your hand and let us know. And I'm not the moderator, so I went off script. <laughs> we'll see what happens after that. No worries. I think it's a really important topic, especially considering what we've gone through in the past couple of years. Um, during this chat, we want to talk about the, the pillars of employee engagement and the models and, and how to foster you know, trust and inspiration within an organization. So how do we infuse collaboration? Um, how do we instill trust, foster that communication, embrace diversity, as well as celebrate the wins? And I, and I think there was a good uh, subject yesterday on how to celebrate those wins. So looking forward to that. Um, first question, just over to Jenna. What are the fundamental components needed for creating a culture of collaboration? I think it's probably worth just setting context in the room on how I think about collaboration, um, and hopefully that resonates with all of you, it's basically that one plus one equals three. So that we have a recognition that individuals, the backgrounds they bring, diversity of thought, um, diversity of experience, uh, varying degrees of tenure, expertise, uh, what got them to the stage that they're in, that when you sum up all of those parts, the output is greater than those individual inputs would be alone. And that a collaborative environment leads to greater employee satisfaction, engagement, trust, and mutual respect across, um, and ultimately an organization that feels like decisions are made from within and not only top down. So that's how I think about collaboration. Um, in terms of the fundamentals, I think it starts with vision. 
Um, I'm sure people have been talking about vision throughout the conference in a probably more digital way. I'm thinking of it in terms of the corporate culture and the climate that people have within their organization. And that some of the core value uh, sets that tone, that collaboration and teamwork are really fundamental to the success of the company. And that knowledge sharing is critical. Um, if I think about the US private bank at JP Morgan, it's a sales and advisory function. And let's face it, salespeople don't want you to add more salespeople to the organization. There's a likelihood that the more salespeople there are on the ground, the less territory there is for you to cover, prospects there are for you to win, commercial outcomes for you to have success with. So how do we embed into our culture some aspect of teamwork and camaraderie and collaboration when you might think it's counterproductive to your individual goals. So we really start from that, that ground up um, and we talk about knowledge sharing. We talk about embracing people's differences and also creating opportunities where there's physical time and place to work with one another as a team. So we'll get to it later. Len's gonna ask a bit more about what are some of the formal structures we have in place, but at a more informal level, I think it's really important to provide airtime for people to learn from one another. Um, I have a meeting every Friday with the CEO of the private bank and his core leadership team where there isn't a set agenda. It's not a series of people who are coming and talking to us about various topics or presenting content. It's ideas that we need to bring together as a group and solve for. And then um, it's really about making sure that all voices are heard and all voices are valued. Uh, there might be barriers to that within an organization. And so we try to focus on what might those barriers be? And do we need to provide forums and opportunities for people to connect in a safer way? Let's say um, we're thinking about the needs of our female population and whether or not when we have all hands meetings, do our female investors feel like they can ask all of the same questions that their male counterparts do? We found out that our women don't ask questions as frequently when they're in a mixed room and therefore we have separate forums that provide opportunities for our female to collaborate just with one another and then opportunities where we bring the group back together. So we try to identify what some of those barriers to collaboration might be and then put opportunities in place where those connections can happen at a more grassroots level. That's great. You touched on, on a key point there, diversity. And next question over to Lisa, specifically around diversity. Um, what are some of the ways in which you're helping bring internal team members together so that they can be exclusive, uh, inclusive, apologies, especially in this hybrid work environment? So we at Epson are an agency and a consulting company, and we're part of Publicis Group, which is one of the largest freeholding companies in the world. And that means that we are bringing together teams of people regularly that maybe have never met each other, have never worked with each other, and are becoming a team because they're delivering a project on behalf of a client or they're delivering a project on behalf of the company. And so we need to be very good at helping individuals that are coming together for the first time to engage and establish patterns of connection and collaboration so that... We're embracing diversity. We're helping to enhance team performance. 
The team feels like they can trust each other, which is required in order to be able to deliver on the objective, and that they've got the language that they need in order to be able to connect and collaborate and provide feedback and celebrate success. And that starts with knowing each other as individuals, which is harder and harder to do in a hybrid world. We have a, a, a process that we go through that's called the way we work together so that when we get a team that's coming together for the first time to do something on behalf of a client, they go through that the way we work together, which starts with getting to know each other. And it starts with things like uh, you're seated, seated at a table that has eight people at the table. What do you all share in common? The last time I did this, the only thing we shared in common was everybody had a pair of red pants. And that included the men that were at the table as well. So who knew? Um, we also have exercises that are encouraged to, that, that encourage individuals to talk about diversity. So for example, uh, talk about a time when you felt like you were an outsider. And what was that like? Why was that? So. It requires people to dig in and share something they might not want to share. Um, another example would be the, the thought starter of, I am something, but I'm not that. So something that's a stereotype, you know, you think about somebody stereotypically who's this, but then there's the opportunity for them to say that they're not really what everybody thinks about that stereotype. So we do that along with a bunch of other things, including getting the teams who are working together to commit to each other in terms of how they're going to work together, what their vision is, what their shared goals are, what is appropriate and not appropriate to them. And it's harder and harder to do in a hybrid world because we have, how many people are going into the office regularly here? So maybe about half which might be more indicative of the financial services industry. We, we have not gotten there yet, um, and we are, we are creating occasions for people to come in and collaborate and connect, but we're not requiring it. So I recently did an all-hands meeting, and there were 300 people across the United States, and we had leaders in four of our biggest offices, and we got maybe 90 people to come in, listen to the all-hands meeting, have lunch, um, and get a tune-up on their PC, which maybe hadn't been looked at for two years. But it, it's it's hard to get that collaboration and connection when you've got people that are so used to being remote, and you've got some in person and some remote. That's great. Thank you. Some good tips there as well on on things to have people share those ideas and, and you know be more open with the mm -hmm. group. Specifically at Epsilon, are there any technologies or, or infrastructure that you put in place in order to? to really promote uh, in a hybrid work environment? <laughs> it's interesting. I think um, we, we have some, if you go into our conference rooms, we've got so many offices around the world that each, each uh, office is at a different level of sophistication. So we're working on technologies that help us do a better job at uh, connecting with the people that are in the office, but then embracing those that are virtual. I will say we have a couple of tools that have been uh, pretty amazing. One is that because we're part of Publicis, we have this knowledge sharing capability called Marcel, which you might have read of in the press. And it's amazing because it enables you to go in and you can request somebody that knows something. You can pose a question to the 80,000 people that work at Publicis. 
about um, something and you will get responses back. You can field a survey on uh, seeking people's opinions. And there's tons, there are tons and tons of um, thought leader papers and collective wisdom that you can get access to. And you can also get access to through that tool, people that know something about something that you're specifically working on or that you need more information on. So that's been pretty amazing. And we've become much better at using Teams and stupid things like if you're running a meeting and some people are in person and some people are virtual, we've learned that chat is a great way for the people that are virtual to remind us that they're still there. And they send in some of the best ideas because they don't have to say it out loud, they can just put it in chat. Um, so we, we've, we've, we're creating strategies for uh, making sure that we're connecting. No, it's great. It, it's something that's probably here to stay, like you mentioned, about the number of people coming into office. So anything that, that's helpful for this is great. Can I add something to that, Len? Of course. Um, how many people in the room feel like Zoom fatigue? Yeah. I also feel like... Uh, Sometimes we just need to go back to basics. And if you think pre-pandemic, collaboration happened without being over Zoom. Um, I just set up a meeting every once in a while where instead of sitting in an office or being on Zoom, I like to take a walk with a person. And you'd be surprised. I know we're not all in person or all in the same locations. JP Morgan, in terms of the business I cover, we're in 56 offices. I've been to 30 of them in the last six months. So... We are all over the map. The things that Lisa said are fantastic, and we leverage technology a ton. But when you are in the same physical, proximate location as someone, it's nice to get out of the office. And sometimes the best collaboration, innovation, and ideation happens when you're not at the desk. Just like schedule a meeting and take a 15-minute walk. Um, that's where I find, at least for me personally, it's really cathartic too. I'm very sick of the vanity that comes from looking at myself on screen. I've had to turn it off. And I've actually learned um, that you're like one and a half times more productive when your self view is turned off because the human brain cannot function at the same level when you're watching your own mouth speak and you're trying to communicate. So that, that promotes collaboration. You know, I just read a scary article this morning that was in Inc. where they did some research and they proved through this research that actually when you are on Teams or you are on Zoom and you're doing an ideation, you're trying to do a brainstorming, you get fewer ideas than you do if you have people in a room together. And there were all sorts of hypotheses about why that might be the case. It turns out that if you're on Zoom and you have a list of ideas, you do a better job at picking the ones that would make a difference than you do if you're together in a room. But I think that's interesting and instructive for all of us. And we're trying to, as a company, get people in the office when they're collaborating and let them work from home when they're not. That's great. And, and heading up innovation in my company, I can tell you firsthand, we, we have a saying, and it's on some of our t-shirts, the best way to kill an idea is to bring it to a meeting. So the <laughs> innovation true. happens outside of the meetings uh, most true. of the time. Um, back over to Jenna, what does leadership look like? Is it a top-down approach? Is it a consensus builder? So within our organization, I think we try to operate in a flat structure to the best that we can. But the truth is, it's a huge company with 
standardized hierarchical titles. So there's a head of a business and there's, there's analysts and everything that are in between. When, when we're trying to be as collaborative as, as possible, we really try to remove the hierarchy from that and think that the best ideas often come from the most junior talent. And so we've, we've actually tried to put a couple different mechanisms in place in order to promote that. Um, we have a number of different advisory councils where it's a mix of people at all levels, all functions that come together, where their sole purpose is just to hear feedback that's coming out from our, from our actual people who are out in the field, who are, who are our advisors, and then to understand how to act on that feedback and how to put it into action. And we give them a budget and we give them some sort of like operating structure and say, go out and do it. And then leadership ultimately does sign off on those ideas, but they're really coming from within the organization. Um, collaboration doesn't necessarily mean consensus. In fact, like some of the most collaborative orgs celebrate dissonance and discord um, and disagreement because usually the best ideas come from taking some lousy idea and iterating on it or taking pieces of a variety of ideas that in isolation wouldn't be great and then summing up those parts. So I don't think it necessarily needs to be top down, probably shouldn't be, and it also shouldn't be consensus driven. True collaboration means that you come up with an idea that you think works for the group and then you build your base. You go out and you try and gather support for what that idea is initially and then you go you know, sort of person by person or team by team to try to get as much support for that idea as possible. But a good disagreement actually goes a long way in getting to a wonderful collaborative output. I completely agree with that. When we do our the way we work together, we spend a, a bunch of time on helping teams, giving them a language that enables them to have a constructive conversation where if there are eight people in the room, you might have eight different perspectives. And the beauty of that is that when you're all done, if you actually listen and you do the hard work of making sure that if I say apple, someone isn't thinking orange, if you do all that hard work, then what you end up with in the end is something that's way better than what you would have suggested had it just been one person or had you not gone through that. But you, you have to give people... Um, the language to do so in a way that's not emotional and not pejorative and they have to feel comfortable that if they throw out a stupid idea that doesn't get picked up, nobody says, Lisa, that was the dumbest idea I've ever heard. People say, oh, and you know, they write it down, they consider it, and maybe they move on. But I think that's critical. One of the other keys to successful collaboration is that leaders support their people when they fail. It's really easy for a leader to go out and say, Jenna, you did a fantastic job speaking to that room, or you did X, Y, Z, and we're so thrilled with what you did. That's the easy work for leaders to do. The hard work for leaders to do is to say, you know, it fell really flat or it didn't work. And this is how I think we could do it differently next time. But I'm here, I've got conviction around you, and I know we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get there. That's actually where you tend to see collaboration come at its finest is when you really have people supporting you for those bad ideas or those mistakes or those trip ups. That's great. Um, that's we've got 27 seconds left, but I imagine we can go a little bit over. We'll okay. use our 25 seconds wisely. I, I just want to touch on one more thing and then Lisa, maybe you can too. Um, all of the stuff that we've talked about is out of like people's sense of wanting to help for the greater good. 
But companies can also put formal structures in place to promote collaboration. So when I think about what we do in the business that I support at JP Morgan, we actually compensate our uh, tenured advisors based on the productivity of our new hires. So our tenured advisors look, like I said earlier, salespeople don't want more salespeople. We actually say, salespeople who have been here a long time, help the new salespeople and whatever they do will accrete to your goals and accrete to your compensation pool. And then their incentives are actually aligned to help one another and not be territorial. And we also think about as we're planning to promote people, what are their leadership values? To what extent have they been team-oriented? And to what extent have they been collaborative? And if anyone hasn't been, then they're not promotable. So there's a bit of carrot and stick that goes along with, I'm just going to do this because I think it's the right thing to do for me or for the company. I'll conclude by saying one of our corporate culture uh, there are six of them. One of them is work together, win together. And so when we celebrate wins, which we do regularly, either either through all hands meetings or quarterly discussions, or even the associates that we recognize in a given quarter as doing something really amazing, that's one of the values that we look at. And so when we do our wins, very often there are wins that are this work together, win together, and we're celebrating the collaboration and how that collaboration generated the result. That's amazing. So I think we're out of time, but you did touch on all the topics. Really appreciate the conversation today. Um, Jenna, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. It was great to chat with you. And you can get their bios on the website and look for more content or any articles that the ladies published because there's some really good information there. Thanks again. Thank, thank you. you for your time.